Hi, beautiful people, and welcome to the Mojo Mecca podcast, a hub for the exploration of ritual, poetry, plants, and purpose. We are here for the deepening of our relationship to the earth, for the love of living in a sustainable way, for the creation of a global network of minxes seeking more mojo, for vulnerability, for thriving, and for joy. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful. Now let's dive into today's conversation. In this episode, I'm chatting to the super inspiring Lara Zilabovitz. She's an incredible yoga teacher and space holder who also creates some really epic retreats in some beautiful places around the globe, inspiring people to drop in deeper to the healing power of nature, to come back into their own inner harmony and to connect with community. We firstly dive into her journey of discovering yoga in her late teens as a way to heal from post-traumatic stress from a near-death experience that affected her entire nervous system and how long and winding that journey of unraveling her anxiety has been. We also speak about her incredible artistry, the amazing wall murals she's been painting and the power of creativity for unwinding imbalances and tapping us into our true creative, playful nature. She also shares a lot about the deep relationship she's in, the super special, fateful way it came to be, and how they've both used the power of their love to collaborate in creating yoga and sound experiences through classes, workshops, and retreats. So yeah, we speak about finding the balance in a relationship that has work aspects to it also, and um, just generally some of the main pieces of gold she's learnt through being in such a potent union. She also gives us really good tips on how to break through the self-doubt that comes as you decide to be more of a teacher, a speaker, or a space holder. And yeah, so much more. So enjoy. I would so love to hear the, the story about how yoga came into your world. Yeah, it's really, it's a funny one. And I guess now that I know more yoga teachers and things, I guess it's also kind of unique in a way that I, I fell into it at a time. So I, I have a pretty interesting and amazing family. My mum is, is now very spiritual and, and, um, and is a therapist and a, and a Western doctor. Both my parents are doctors, but my mum had a pretty big spiritual awakening at the time of, of, of breast cancer. And she's had a very volatile and amazing, inspiring life. But long story short, um, she introduced me to yoga when I was 17. So, you know, around, I guess, HSC times. And I think it was for stress, but just to help, you know, just as some sort of life aid. And mum has constantly nudged me and pushed me and encouraged me in different directions, which I'm always grateful for in the end, <laughs> retrospectively. But yeah, she introduced me when I was that age and, I have a background in movement always of love, dance and drama and just expression through my body, I guess. So it, I fell in love with it pretty, pretty naturally and easily. But what's super weird is that almost at the same time, I had this really big accident. Um, and it's really interesting now that I'm not to go off tangent, but now that I live in Byron, because um, it was in Byron Bay just before my 18th birthday during schoolies, as you do. <laughs> but I had this really serious accident where I fell through a glass table um, and, and I severed a major artery 
in my body and lost a huge amount of blood and, and, you know, not to be dramatic, but I did, I nearly died. And, um, and it was a, just a shock. It came out of the blue and I was in hospital over my 18th birthday. And, and, you know, it's a long story, but basically I recovered pretty quickly in my physical body, but what was revealed pretty, I mean, a year later really, um, is that it had affected my nervous system and my, yeah, just my body was experiencing a state of unsafety that my mind just had no idea about. So really crazy, weird symptoms of agitation, anxiety. I don't know. It's the only word, unfortunately, we have for in the West, but just extreme activation in my nervous system, which prevented me from sleeping. And it, and it, and it manifested pretty, pretty hard and fast and kind of took the wind out of me. At an age where you know, 18, 19, it's everyone's out partying and and um, being kids and free, and I was kind of faced with this these crazy feelings that I were very unknown at the time, and, and I had no awareness around. And yoga was what the only tool that I really had um, to help with it. And while all my friends were off, you know, partying and going overseas on on trips and things, I was off to yoga retreats and. Yeah, it took me, I guess, to India eventually, where I, I ended up falling into a, a teacher training when I was 20, without ever the intention to teach yoga, just because I felt like these were contexts and surrounded by people that I guess I felt really safe with, and that I could really be myself with. And, and um, because sleep became like a really big thing, really difficulties with sleeping that I had to feel really supported and with people that I knew I could be vulnerable with. And so that's kind of the story of how I fell into yoga. Um, and, you know, I didn't intend to be teaching until many years later. Again, I just fell into it. But as, a, as some sort of lifeline or some sort of inquiry into what I was experiencing, practices through the body of which yoga I was already in it started to provide, I mean, medicine or just, just the feeling of... Um, yeah, exploring what, what these sensations were using you know, the power of my attention and the importance of breath and, and just feeling into my body constantly. So that's how it began. So was it like a kind of, did you feel like immediate, um, like, I guess, relieving of, of those, um, like that nervous system anxiety and those feelings? Or was it kind of like a slow unraveling or yeah well this is the i mean kind of crazy thing is that no so i it, it, i just knew that it felt good but i really battled with those symptoms for over 10 years so during all of my 20s really my early 20s especially these symptoms were like a thorn in my side like i you know i'm, I'm i'll say it i'm like i'm super ambitious and i'm a high achiever and and um and I'm very functioning. It's just that there's this little crutch that I've had that, you know, previously I couldn't talk very openly about it um, because I didn't really know what it was, one. And two, there was shame around it um, because I didn't want it to affect people's view of who I was. And anyway, to, to get to the point, basically, I mean, it's so amazing to me because my mum's history is of trauma. My mum has complex PTSD from a from her early childhood and I've known this my whole life and it's always been, wow, that's mum's thing. And she's an amazing artist and she's an amazing healer. And 
And soon after my accident, when I was feeling these strange things, mum, mum was like, you have to do some work around the accident. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, I'm fine. Like there's no, no problem. But when I really reflect back now, the signs were so clear. I, um, well, I stopped menstruating for five years after the accident and I had blood phobia. I would faint or feel very lightheaded at any topic around blood, especially about the accident. So I was suffering from PTSD symptoms, post-traumatic stress symptoms of this single event incident that um, I thought was totally cool. And, but the memory was still in my body. The memory of not being safe was still in my physical body. And, and, um, and so that became only clear to me what year are we in now? It was 2015, so only a few years ago when I was already then teaching full-time on top of working in the publishing industry. I was working at Delicious Magazine and had a career in food publish- publishing, which I loved, on top of teaching. Anyway, but these symptoms had been there, um, you know, almost daily in some way, but I'm very good at masking it or managing it and forging ahead and because I know it doesn't define me and I had known that I know, I know it's not my essence that I'm, you know, very vital and anyway, but it was like a cripple. It was crippling for me. And at times really, I'd be really unwell with it. And even in my relationships and things, it was hard for me to explain because I didn't really have much understanding around it. But it was when in 2015 where I got very unwell with these symptoms and um, basically I was doing too much. I completely burnt out and, um, my parents were like, you have to stop something. And I did, it was when I was forced to stop my full-time work in publishing. And it was a blessing in disguise, of course, because my yoga career essentially was there to catch me and I had many opportunities waiting in the wings. But it was also at the same time that mum left a book by the side of my bed, which is a book that I recommend to, well, I guess everyone. I think this book is extraordinary and many people will know about it. But it's, it's called Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. It's, it's a book around somatic intelligence, so intelligence in the body, specifically in the concepts or the context of trauma. But I just think it's amazing. I think it's amazing for anyone to learn about the intelligence of the body, which is so much more often than what our rational mind can comprehend. And I read this book, and the first page I was just flooded. This was in 2015, flooded with this deep feeling of like, Oh my God, this just makes so much sense to me. This is exactly what I've been experiencing. I'm not crazy. Um, This is not abnormal. This is a natural human response to a scary situation which hasn't been digested and processed properly. And then the book, you know, every single page of that book, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So that was the first time, it was only a few years ago, that and after you know really dealing with this for over 10 years that i was like hallelujah i mean as we all know some sort of diagnosis helps not that it's a cure it helps just in our ability to um sit with what's happening and then of course to find ways of how to navigate it so that was the first time that i was aware that i was dealing with trauma symptoms and you know trauma it's such a big word and it has so much stigma around it and of course people often pin it on sexual abuse or, you know, war veterans is really how the term was coined only about 30 years ago. It's actually really new. 
which is what was difficult for me because many of the doctors that I spoke to, especially psychologists, uh, sorry, psychiatrists, actually had no idea of what to do. And I felt very frustrated that I wasn't being heard. And now, of course, there are more people, thank goodness, are um, working with it. But what is so amazing is that for every single person with these symptoms, to start with, the symptoms are different. Therefore, the treatment or the, the way to be able to release this pent-up energy or tension or stress in the body is going to be unique. So, you know, you have to be pretty, there's some amazing people out there doing good work around it, but um, there's a lot that aren't. <laughs> yeah. mm. And so were there, were there some other things like alongside yoga that helped you to unravel a lot of this PTSD and these feelings? Well, yoga, yeah. So it's interesting how it steered the course of my ship. Um, yoga. So I, yeah, I was teaching yoga around that time and, and, um, and, you know, you attract the people who, who speak to your story, I guess. And, and I started sharing quite openly about the stuff, not in a way that was, um, yeah, it was subtly, subtly touching on these topics, I guess, in my yoga class, in my, in my classes. And, and as I mentioned, my, my mom is a therapist and, and, and I feel blessed to have grown up in a family where there's a huge amount of open dialogue around psychosomatic situations and, and just, just the inner landscape, the inner world. And, and so I have therefore become pretty interested in, in this realm myself, um, just through my own studies. I haven't done, I want to do more research into it, but um, just through my own kind of reading up and, and, and my own inner work. So I've been, you know, since, since that realization, been exploring these topics with different people myself and so the the dialogue around what I understand I think yoga is amazing because it's encouraging people to feel into their bodies not in a way of um dissociating but really encouraging sitting with what is what is happening and I'm definitely definitely not for everyone that's trauma but for pretty much everyone there's deep-rooted emotions there's deep-rooted um always sensations that I see now as interesting information. And so yoga has been, yoga is, I guess, the main tool that I explore this. Um, but then for me, what was also really medicinal, and this became at that time as well, is art and creativity and expression. So finding other avenues for me to be able to liberate what I felt was maybe stuck. Um, and for everyone, of course, that's going to be different. But um, that came at this interesting time when my full-time work, which was in, in writing and editing and publishing in 2015, fell away. I had more time. I had more time to satisfy what I had done my whole life, but just not in the more recent years of, of making art. Um, and my mum, again, is an artist, so I kind of had always been painting, drawing, sculpting when I was little. And I, I loved ceramics um, and I'd done that at university for a little bit so I started playing with clay and and using touch and tactility and and that was really yummy and felt just really good <laughs> so I kept on with that and that's just interesting that that kind of came at the same time as these realizations and and then the creative current just kind of started pouring through and it amazes me I would never ever say that I set out to become a yoga teacher I wouldn't even say I, I wouldn't say I was out to become a, an artist even that that title that word is amazing to me that 
you know, that's become a part of my career. It's pretty, pretty out there, mm. but it's what's happened. So I feel very grateful for that, but it's, it's constantly a work in progress. <laughs> Your art is just like next level. Thank you. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. And Thank so you've you. been weaving that in like, You've been doing murals and things like that for a lot of different studios also? Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so I started doing the ceramics, which was first, and, and felt all the parallels that I'd been speaking to in yoga about mindfulness and, you know, connecting to flow state, which is really a topic I was interested in yoga. What happens when we pay really interested attention to whatever it is we're doing and there's the potential to drop into this unbroken flow of of joy unbroken flow of ecstasy which which doesn't which embraces really pleasure and pain and all of it but just really dropping into the pulse of the present moment which i was exploring already in yoga and movement but then i was like oh my gosh art or creativity in any way music um dance whatever it is um there is the same same feeling the same state and so i started sharing a little bit of that and and these mandala patterns, which, um, you know, I, it's, it's weird. I never learnt how to do it. I wasn't mm. taught that way. It just started happening. I mean, I've always loved texture. And I've always loved indigenous or ethnic designs and especially patterns and shapes. And so, you know, the bowls that I had to work with, they were obviously a circle and they obviously had a centre point. And so I, these mandala designs just started kind of coming out. And I used... This, it's called scraffito, a technique where you carve back the clay just because I like texture. Um, anyway, so I started just sharing some of those photos and I was amazed at the feedback and that kind of took off on itself. But then the murals, yeah, beautiful teacher in, in the studio in Sydney, um, Bryony from Egg of the Universe. She, um, she's like, Mara, I've always wanted a mandala on my wall of the studio. And I was like, I've always wanted to paint a mural. And she's like, okay, let's do it. So it was pretty nerve wracking, but I said, I was like, look, just don't come in the room. Give me like six hours. I just want to get into a state of, of meditation. I want to put on my favorite music and I just want to be let loose and, and let's see what happens. And, and it was such a joy. And you know, I was super nervous at first, the first one, because I, I you know, it's important to me that, it was part of what I did that I, I don't use a stencil. I don't even think it out to feel what is that flow state experience is like one line follows the next line and, and the rest is revealed. And it is of course an intellectual pursuit in the way that I'm problem solving the whole time, just as a musician that's improvising does or, or whatever. But, um, you know, like six hours went by and I st stood back and I was like, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like the, the large scale, I really enjoyed working on a large scale because of the expressiveness in the marks that I could make. And a lot of people, it's so funny, I'm in Instagram, it's this tiny little square. People constantly write to me, my gosh, you must be so focused and or, what do they say, much, so much attention to detail and, and so patient. And my response is like, I'm the least patient person. I'm, I have no attention to detail whatsoever. So, which is why I love the large scale because the point is if you come up close, like you can really see the texture of the brush marks and by no means are the lines the same length or the same width. But when you stand back, it looks it like it does. Like it's a, it's really visually satisfying. So yeah, I've been really enjoying that. That's kind of, yeah, that birthed a whole nother process of then painting 
mural painting or painting mandalas on bodies and tattoo design and all sorts of things that I, people have just come up with these ideas themselves. And I've been like, hell yes, let's, let's do it. Let's see what we can workshop together. So it has been pretty amazing for me as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I didn't expect it. <laughs> and so it's just been like an organic process of, of people discovering your work, right? And then just feeling inspired for you to co-create. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it really, it really has. I, um, yeah, the murals, definitely, that was started with Bryony and then a few other special spots. And then, and then, you know, the power of social media, it's such a funny, funny platform so many people the love hate relationship and it's constantly a conversation those of us that share on social media but for me it's been so so powerful from an art perspective there's it's it's um the ability to share what you do as an exhibition space for me and so when I was sharing the art it felt like an ability just to be able to you know no words are really needed it's just like let's just putting out an image and, and seeing what's received and, and yeah, I was amazed. And then, you know, contacts from all around the world, which really blew me away. So it has been that it has been a really organic process and, and as well me saying yes to opportunities and just being courageous enough to being like, why not? Let's, let's try, let's go for it. And yeah, I'll take it on. Um, but the process of not overthinking it and, and, and committing to, you know, I've had a few mantras over the years, but, um, curiosity has always been a word that I've you know, really resonated, especially with the symptoms and what I've been ex- experiencing, which I honestly believe is, is um, it's all amazing information. It's definitely led to my own personal growth so much, but same with these creative ideas. It's like, what am I more curious about than afraid of? Mm-hmm. Can I be brave enough to like make that first mark or you know, to take a step? And I guess those, analogies has kind of kept coming through in, in, in different all the different modalities that I guess I've been working with over the last couple of years mm-hmm. mm. yeah I love that <laughs> I'm more curious about than afraid of yeah definitely mum gave me that one that, that's been a mantra for many years mm-hmm. it's a good one I'd also so love to hear more about the retreats that you hold because I've seen you post about them for the last few years and it just seems like you're just expanding them more and more too with the places you're going and they just Mm. seem so epic so I'd love to hear a bit about like the vision of them and maybe like yeah the initial like how did the first one come together like what was the the seed of it yeah I mean they've become something that where I mean so the retreats are run by myself and an amazing co-teacher Brookie Brooke Elliston she's um become a like my closest friend but we, start, we started the retreats without really knowing each other that well. They've become just an outpouring of all of our passions and our interests and our explorations, um, and they keep evolving. But because my background's in, in art and theatre and poetry, and, and Brooke studied for many years in, in a tantric school, so, you know, yogic philosophy and, of course, movement, but they've become like these mini festivals. That's how I like to see it, you know, as, as, as well as, you know, color, texture, all of the senses for me are such amazing portals to learn more about ourselves. And, you know, the retreat companies back to roots retreats and they have become 
these little bubbles where of self-inquiry where yoga and meditation yeah i guess are the underlying principles but we keep incorporating more and more you know non-yogic or abstract techniques that we've learned along the way just along our own paths of of um discovering more about who we are and and it's been amazing it's just been so gratifying and humbling and aware more and more that people are so hungry for connection and that's really the main principle behind the retreats is getting people to connect with themselves with each other and then with nature um that threefold path that we can find through yoga but also through many other creative pursuits and Brooke and I, you know, Brookie, she, she is extraordinary and we both have very different, we had very different trainings, but when we came together, it was like, oh my God, it's a perfect fit. It's really beautiful, complimentary puzzle piece connection where we kind of filled each other's gaps really nicely. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. And now live music with Benny, my partner. So live music, lots of yoga, food, because of my background as well, food's always so important you know, nourishing nature, treks and hinterland, wherever we are. I mean, yeah, we've been Hawaii, volcanoes, we've been to the French Alps, the glaciers and wildflowers, been to Turkey and the Mediterranean coast and all sorts of places where we can use these places as like, it's like a metaphor really, these fairy tale places are a way for us to connect with really that the wilderness that's inside of us. So we're constantly using those, those analogies of listening to the, the music, the external music as a way to wake up to the symphony, I guess, that's in life, inside of us always. And that's a really, it's a really um, tantric yoga concept that, that the body is kind of this miniature copy of everything that's except outside the body, miniature microcosm of the macrocosm that is the universe. And so the practices that we explore inside the body, such as movement, such as breathing, are a way really to understand more about the world as well as the people in it. So yeah, they've been amazing. And next year will be our first teacher training. So something that we're, we're both knuckling down to um, prep for now, but it does, it has really taken on a life of its own. And yeah, it's, it's very humbling and very, very gratifying. Mm-hmm. And has mm-hmm. there been like, yeah, what sort of response have you gotten from people has there been like anything that's really stood out um, that, you know, that you've gotten as response from yeah. some of the people who have attended? Too many to name. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, huge, huge cathartic life um, changes that can constantly bring us to our knees, you know. Brooke and I, every time we go into the, it's like, you know, this, this work is not ours. We don't own the fruits of the work that there's something that is moving through us always that's guiding the direction of the retreat and, and constantly our dedication is to be really present with what's arising and to stay with it and to, to let the course of the retreat and the, it's like a little creative cauldron where everyone that comes is a reason for them being there and, and the lessons and the learning and the teaching, of course it's from us, but it's not just us in many times, many ways that, the deepest work is done in the in-between moments when they're, they're kind of socializing or sharing with each other or the journaling moments. And yeah, we've had, I mean, people have had some really huge shifts, big, big, big decisions and amazing things, some really big energetic 
kind of catharsis and exorcisms and and stuff that's like holy shit like what just happened like wow there's been a few um you know not to name names but yeah some people have um have yeah definitely i mean we've had we have people that come back you know once a year to, to get a little top up <laughs> because it's constantly a work in progress and, and we are, we continue to evolve them and change them. But um, yeah, we have a very strong core community now of, of people that it's like a, an annual, annual pilgrimage um, to somewhere new around the world and also to, I guess, excavate and explore new places inside them. So it has, it's been, it's amazing, really amazing. Mm. And what's your process of choosing the the spaces to hold the retreats in? Do people like call you to different places or? Um, Definitely. Yeah, it's a combination of yeah. having some sort of personal connection with the place helps a lot just so we can feel really safe in the, in, in the space holding of it. There's a few places that we hadn't been to before we went there, but we had really good recommendations from people. But um Basically, nature is most important. So being somewhere that's close to something really beautiful or, or somewhere where there's amazing walks that we can do work there in, in the wilderness, in the nature. So, yeah, everywhere that we've been, we've done a couple urban retreats, but we've, we've tried to take people on little day trips so that they can do, we can do some of the medita- meditation and stuff in, in nature. So all the places that we've been have kind of been surrounded by the elements, but um, there have been personal connections or, or, you know, the first retreat that we ever did was born from a contact that I had from this amazing couple in Bellingen that I had met many years ago. And, and I just fell in love with the women and the space that they had created in Bellingen. And I was like, one day I'm going to come back and run a retreat here. And, and we did. And then similarly people contacts around the world, that people that are putting in really good work to, to do, to create spaces for this sort of work, you know, and there are people doing amazing stuff to, you know, where the accommodation's so yummy and, and they've got good, good chef recommendations and stuff so that people can feel really held and safe for, for deep work to be, to be done. And, and yeah, you know, we, we keep saying that, um, we're not going to do another Australian retreat just to, because we like the longer immersions. We like at least a week, but we've just found another really special spot in Byron, the hinterland place. So I'm sure we'll, we'll keep doing the shorter ones as well, but nature is the number one thing and, and a combination where people can feel like they can relax. So we like to have some options for solo rooms and there are a few little variables, but yeah, definitely somewhere really beautiful helps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I totally agree. And what would you, if you had to describe like your connection to nature, how would you, yeah, how would you describe that? Like, why is that at the forefront of the retreats too, that, that returning to the natural environment? Yeah, there's so much. I just, especially for coming from the big cities. So I guess I've lived in Sydney my whole life. I've only just now moved to Byron or I did in, in the beginning of the year. And when we, it, it helps us, I think, to unplug from the ordinary. We can get so caught up, especially people in corporate jobs in the big cities, caught up with the tiny little dots and details of our existence that burden us so much. But when we get in touch with 
nature, it helps us automatically shift gears. It helps us slow down. I mean, really, since the beginning of time, mankind has been getting in touch with nature to get in touch with the concept of, of awe. Right? We talk about awe, you know, A-W-E, awe and wonder, and it's similar to curiosity. It's the central message of the retreats is um, same thing. What are we more curious about than afraid of or, you know, to move from this place of the mystery, which I, that's my definition of spirituality. Spirituality is can we open ourselves up to the unknown, to the mystery? And when, we, when we're in nature and we're looking at a tree or we really look up at the sky, sometimes we can be filled with that feeling of vastness that's so big that we automatically drop into that place of, of heart connection. We drop automatically. It's like oh, the feeling of instead of looking for answers, can we just let ourselves kind of break open with the vastness of just the question and being in nature does that, I think, bef way before any sort of verbal cue or teaching instruction, just being out in the wilderness, allowing people to be still and slow and to explore in their way. It is just, it does it really quickly so for me it's been very helpful um just to help reground when i've really needed that in my own practice for me the beach so sand and, and sea and feeling you know that's why clay was so cathartic for me as well it connects us to our bodies in a really material way when we feel the dirt and we taste the the water or the rain and it's really what most people are disconnected from in, in the West, especially not just the West these days, but in the big cities, there's a cultural disconnection from place and a disconnection from body, um, which caused so much stress and so much, you know, dis-ease in the body and in the mind. So being in nature is like the first step, I think, in, in that process of, of re-embodying and this beautiful somatic verb, remembering to remember, to re embodied to get I guess back in touch with how we feel and, and what we may have forgotten or, or lost along the way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you had to like maybe for people who are in more of a concrete jungle mm -hmm. right now and you know for whatever purpose you know are there like what are some little ways that you'd recommend people to um yeah I guess like reset more to that to the rhythm and to the pace of nature, even within like a city environment? Well, totally. I mean, I, this is why I think yoga hubs in the cities are just being filled, filled to the brim because people are craving it it's unconsciously, but people are craving it, you know, and we often use this when we introduce the topic of Tantra or yoga in, in our retreat settings. It's like when someone says, when you're asked to put your hands on nature, we often go out into the wilderness or we'll go and put our hands on our tree. But Tantra says, put your hands on your own body, put your hands on your own heart. This is nature that we just, there's a complete split of that truth that everything outside of us exists also inside of us. All the elements are there, everything, you know? So um, that's why yoga I think is completely taking off because it's helping people to get back in touch with that feeling of really um, of ownership of, of their body and, and beauty and grace, which we find naturally in nature. But, you know, skillful yoga teachers that talk to these concepts in, in the big cities, that's why I think those classes are just, you know, 
packed to the brim of people craving that that feeling and that connection and then of course you know when 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 you can when they can to to go out and sink their feet in the sand and to stand under you know the moon to to drink the rain and to take little breathers and yeah i mean there's there's so many little techniques i've become really interested in this little thing called speed bump meditation where how can we find little pockets of, of space in the day and it's like it's really it's a mindfulness practice of slowing down when especially there's fast pace of the day to just take a con one conscious breath or when you get in the car and put your seatbelt on to close your eyes and just take a moment in the stillness of, of even your car just to feel into your belly just to feel into your body instead of constantly that momentum that cycle of moving forwards constantly but just to yeah, just to just to take a moment of presence. Hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, sometimes all it takes is just that moment of yeah, remembering. Definitely, it's harder than it's, it's harder than you know. It's easier said than done for sure. So, and I am the first to admit that that um. Yeah, I have. I'm constantly having to remind myself of these things and constantly having to find teachers to help me remember and help remind me because, you know, as I shared, there's, there's, there's this constant feeling in my body of, of hyper activity and hyper agitation that even though there is so much um, expansion in, in what I'm sharing with people, you know, in, in the travels and stuff, I'm like, wait a second, what is the point of, traveling the world teaching this stuff if i'm not actually living it myself so yeah it's um they're big concepts and and they take you know it's not it's definitely not definitely doesn't take one or two days you know maybe for some it does but for me it's oh yeah it's going to be a lifelong journey i know it. <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean yeah that's just i guess the fun of it <laughs> or like maybe a little bit of the torture of it too but like i think yeah it's just it's always going to be that dance between like forgetting to remember to forget, you know, totally. like, I know. The nature, I think <laughs> it is. And I know I, it's so interesting. I, I often think that, you know, I wouldn't wish struggle on anyone and, and, but I'll speak from my personal situation and, you know, what that, that event that happened to me and the life that I've been given and the parents I've been gifted and, all of that, um, yeah, it's, it's been like these daily conversations with struggle or with discomfort. But, you know, what is the growing edge in all of it? And I wouldn't have had it any other way. And I know it's my biggest gift. I know it's been my greatest teacher and it always will be. Even though it's been fucking uncomfortable and at times I've been so beside myself with frustration or, or um, defeat. But even the depths of that knowing them like this has something to tell me there is a message in this there is there is deep meaning in this and and i think everyone can relate to that feeling mm -hmm. you know heartbreak or what anything that happens that that is icky instead of pushing it away can it be interesting can it be something that has information in it for for the rest of our lives and it has opened me to empathy more than I think I ever could have been in touch with. I feel 
depth of empathy for people that, you know, I have never met before or, you know, I don't need to know the story. But and I think that in my profession, it's, it's been one of the biggest gifts um, is, and, and vulnerability and my ability to now be really vulnerable and to be okay with that <laughs> because it's something I think I kind of was ashamed about for many years that I, I can be so sensitive. I, I'm extremely sensitive and vulnerable, but, you know, working to manage that so it doesn't push us off balance all the time, but to feel into those gifts that it gives us to, to essentially hold space for others, which I think is definitely where it's taken me. And who knows where it will continue to go. <laughs> yeah, so beautiful. Hmm. I, I'd love to hear a bit about um, your love journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just had this inspiration to just like, yeah, talk to you a bit about relationships and like relationship gold. And I really just love um, hearing about that because obviously like being in a partnership and in an intimate relationship is just, huge and like so many teachings so much obviously vulnerability like you just said then um and i'd love to hear a bit about yeah that story and maybe some of the main kind of lessons that you've learned so far and you know ways that oh, you yeah, it's been so this is just totally this is a huge <laughs> piece of the story you know which is yeah. just something i totally didn't expect i've been working with these concepts for you know the last several years, but then out of the blue, almost a year ago, Mr. Benjamin, Benny, um, you know, came into my life and, and I was in a, a loving relationship. I was in a beautiful relationship at the time um, with someone else and met this human, Benny, who I now collaborate with. And, you know, he's an extraordinarily gifted musician that mm. is on all of our retreats and, and that, yeah, I teach alongside now, but, um, it took me by surprise. It took him by surprise. It was a meeting with someone that, you know, we, we, a lot of us get this from time and time again, whether it's someone we're going to be romantic with or not. And it, 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 initially it wasn't that at all. We can get this with friends, people, you know, the same sex, they can be older people, younger, just this feeling of deep, I don't know how else to say it, but soul knowing, like this feeling that we've, we, we have known each other and we know each other. We, we understand each other. We, Benny and I felt that like almost instantly, this deep feeling of like, I get you. I so get you. And, you know, we, I was taken aback completely by his music, by his voice, which I think is like so mystical and otherworldly. And, and, and he, has incredible gifts in that capacity. So I was really taken by his sound and, um, and it moved me deeply. And he was very inspired by my enthusiasm. So he started just sending me music about a year ago and I was totally floored by everything I heard. I would just open up my inbox and get this piece of music and I'd just start crying. I was like, oh my God, and I couldn't stop playing this stuff. And I was like, holy shit, this is like the soundtrack to my life. Like, Mm -hmm. The tones, melodies, everything just felt like me. It was like my sound. And I was sharing that with him. I was like, this is crazy. Like, we have to collaborate together. We have to work together. And then, of course, there was the feeling of like, oh, my God, I think I've fallen in love with this human soul. 
I have. And, and with some help from some friends, I realized I, I was able to unpack that. Okay. He may not be my intimate partner for the rest of my life, but this is what I crave for my intimate partner. And, and I wasn't experiencing that feeling with my previous partner. So that relationship ended really beautifully and really cohesively and with a lot of respect and grace. And Benny's sounds and Benny was there to actually console me through that. And he, um, it was just this amazing story. But basically from that, then Benny and I started sharing more about each other and just, you know, hour long, two hour long, three hour long phone calls and then FaceTime because he was in Byron and I was in Sydney. And, and then it was like, okay, let's, let's spend some more time together. Let's spend some more time together because we only met very briefly. And I came to Byron on the 17th of December last year. So very soon is our one year anniversary. <laughs> and um, it was an experience like an experience I have never had in my life where the moment that I got off the plane and walked into the airport and he was there and the anticipation had been really started to build then. So before that it was, it was getting pretty electric, but to cut the story short, we ended up seeing each other and holding each other. And I mean, it sounds so cliche, but literally there was electricity just I, like, I've never felt it surging through both of us. We were both shaking and for five minutes, we just breathed together and like completely time stood still. We then went to a waterfall and I've never had this in my life where we were just falling into each other. Literally our knees were like buckling in this waterfall. And we're like, we were both saying to each other, what the fuck is going on? Like what is happening right now? And that was like five hours later, we left this waterfall and you know, then just the world kind of disappeared. It was five days where we were together and day two, he was, I was like, I, I think I said, I love you. And, and it was just this mutual. Yes. The next day it was like, I want you to be the mother of my children. It was like day two <laughs> feeling, feeling of knowing that, you know, both of us, I mean, we're very open, but we'd never said stuff like that to anyone else. It's not like, you know, it was just a feeling of like, this might be crazy from the outside, but we just both know that this is, it felt like we've been waiting our entire lives all of our previous relationships and experiences to prepare us for this union. And the rest is history. After those five days, I decided I was going to have to move to Byron, <laughs> not the worst place in the world to be, no. but that's a big decision. I, I had huge community in Sydney and all my classes. And, but I just knew that that was what it was going to have to be. And, and the rest is kind of history. So this year has been, I mean, the timing, there's much more to the story. Of course, the timing was extraordinarily serendipitous or you know how we want to look at it very synchronistic um he had just decided to be a full-time musician so had a totally free calendar and he could come away with me all around the world where i had lots of retreats and workshops planned and and it was the beginning of his real coming out as a musician and people discovering him from all around the world and being absolutely floored by his musical talents and we have been inseparable since then. And it's just so weird because I, I've never had that. I, I've always been really independent, especially with my teaching and my travels. And, and this is the feeling of like, yeah, we just want to be together in a way that's like sharing from that place of our deep love, our deep love for each other, which the, the feedback has been that people can really feel. And that kind of 
the transmuting kind of feeds into the class and, and the messages behind, I guess, what I'm teaching and what Benny's sharing through his music. So it's been a huge, by no means has it been peaches and cream because we're both very vulnerable. I mean, sensitive. We're both very sensitive. So we get our, our wounds with the people that we trust and love the most. Our wounds, of course, get triggered. And so it's been a year of deep processing and deep healing for so much else that preceded the relationship. Um, and that will continue, I'm sure. But the feeling for us is that the love is there always. And it's just the sticky discomfort of all our other stuff that, that um, you know, we have to stay really present with whilst we continue to hold space for each other. So it's been huge. It's been amazing. And, and yeah, he's, he's extraordinary. And um, I, I, yeah, I did not see it coming. Did not see it coming at all. And it, and it totally took the, the wind out of both of us <laughs> when it did happen. So special though. Like you can just, so I've obviously never seen you guys like together in person, but you know, it's just, you can just feel it through, through photos and through, yeah. <laughs> what you guys are yeah. doing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it feels pretty special for us as well. Like we know that there's the feeling that it's quite rare. There's the feeling for us that, because we've both been in love many times, you know, previously. And I was very happily in love. That was my feeling. I was very happily in love. But the feeling, you know, I don't know. We've met other couples now that resonate with what we're feeling. And they're, they're what people have said to us is, you know, when you know, you know. When you know, you know. And so I guess to me, it's like, if you don't know, then you also know. If that makes sense. Yeah. If you don't know, then, then that's the answer. That's the only feeling, you know, because just when this happened to this level of intensity, it was like, oh, my God, this is like nothing I've ever felt before. So, for, for you know, but... I guess it's a big topic for people waiting or being in a position of wanting to be with a significant other that really sees them and, and feels them. And for both Benny and I, we never wanted to compromise for something less. And yet we didn't know what that was. So the patience and, and I guess caring and tending for ourselves and yourself is um, I guess the most important thing that we can come to relationships with our own feeling of, of knowing what we want and then that's felt by the other. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's still, it's still a work in progress, but for, for sure that's been a, an underlying feeling is the feeling of knowing and security was there from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And for people who may be in um, like a very deep relationship like that, where a lot of like, yeah, triggers and trauma and like old patterning and everything is like coming up. Like what have been some ways that you guys have, um, yeah. Constantly, <laughs> constantly. And yeah. And I've both done a huge amount of work on ourselves, huge amount prior to this. So that's a huge gift. And I think, I mean, I don't think it's possible. It wouldn't have been possible for me without, being with someone that was willing to go to those places with me. And, and I know that I can hold space for someone who's also going through their stuff um, and to talk about, to communicate, to constantly stay with the discomfort, the hurt, um, to not run away, to not try and put up a wall, to not block off, to stay open, to stay 
open, even if it's really hard to trust the love, to really trust the love that um, the communication, even though sometimes it feels like you don't want to, and you know, the rawness is too real, but it always, 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 if it's meant to be a healthy relationship, always the communication will unravel and always will bring you closer together. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's been, you know, and it's been, it's been having to be like that even when we've been traveling the world and teaching and, oh my God, being hosted by people in strange little, you know, bedrooms and basements and little hotels around the world. We've been up to late at night holding space for each other if we got triggered and, and making that the number one priority actually before anything else. Um, so that the rest is possible and, and joyful. So it's, it's a constant dance, of course, between the joy and then holding space for everything else. <laughs> yeah, like you say, though, it is just like profoundly beautiful and rare, you know, to find someone like that. So it's all just so worth it, like the whole spectrum. <laughs> That's true. And that, it feels that way as well. It's like, you know, oh, it can be so much easier just to walk away. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, so much easier. I'll just look after myself. But then it's like, wait a second. Am I willing to risk this love? Like, would I ever want to walk away from this? No. I mean, for, my answer is no. I, I, I wouldn't in the relationship I am in now. Other relationships, yes. I would be willing to say yes to that answer to that question. But in this context, no. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask also... Um, like how you guys have navigated like being more in, I guess, a business sense together alongside, you know, every other aspect of your relationship. Totally. Yeah. That's something that's, you know, it'll continue to play itself out and work itself out. But I, we play to our strengths, you know, I'm, I'm very good at admin and the marketing. I, I enjoy it. I don't mind it. And so I've kind of taken that on and I was already doing it for myself a lot. Um, and Benny has all of his stuff that he brings to the creative process as well. So we, we've worked out the dance for us, but it's a dialogue as well. And we've had to be like, well, hold on. How's the balance of scales? And how can we, if you're not doing as much of the emailing or whatever, what can you bring to it? That's, that feels like there's an equal sharing. So again, it comes down to communication, but I think in every dynamic, there's just going to be different strengths. Um, and as long as there's transparency with, with the workload, but for us, yeah, it's been amazing just because, I mean, for us to share our love in a, in a space, like a sacred container, like a yoga class. Oh my God. It's, it's so profound, so profound. And, and people can feel it, as I said, people can feel it, but the professionalism is also there, you know, like we, we both, I, I care so much about what I do. And at the same time, I'm in awe of what Benny does. So, you know, when we're sharing together, I'm teaching. But at the same time, whenever he opens his mouth, I'm like, wow, like now's his time to teach. Like I'm not going to step on his toes. So it's a weaving skillfully of our respect for each other, I guess. And, um, and then again, conversation, dialogue, when things come up that need to be attended to, not, not brushing under the rug, but think we're courageous enough to speak up and you know to dedicate that extra time to 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 unpack it so that for next time it's better and yeah it's 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 a lot of work but as you said it's it's worth it i mean that's a decision yeah exactly yeah and what about like generally in your kind of i guess path of being a teacher and stepping up like 
to be holding things, you know, like it, it is quite a process. I feel like I'm in the process of transitioning into like knowing that that's what um, is next, but experiencing kind of the shaky transitionary um, phase of, of really like coming to understand like what, what I can offer and what like, what medicine I do have to share and like really trusting that. So like, if, yeah, I guess I'm trying to say like, what advice would you give to advice. other people who like would like to step up more, you know, as a teacher or maybe they, yeah, in, in whatever sense, you know, yeah. just sharing themselves more with the world. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Another good little motto to live by. Um, if, if it feels like it's something that's a really deep soul craving because it's going to be fucking scary always i mean for me it's all every time i'm about to teach it's it's i'm nervous the nerves and the feeling of is a feeling that you care so much about what you're about to do and so and you know it depends what vocation you're in but you know public speaking or speaking in a mentoring role is always scary and there's always self-doubt and i think that's okay that's okay and that's really healthy and normal because it means that we're constantly striving for more and constantly striving to check ourselves and be accountable. And that's really important in a teaching role, I think. Um, and then it just gets easier. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say is that feel the fear and do it anyway. Start, you know, take the first step and then know that there's going to be the feeling of failure, whatever that means, but self doubt or that you didn't do it well enough. But then again, trying again and, and, and then learning to separate from the feeling of what you're really passionate about and trusting and following that. And then, you know, a hard one for me has been the feeling of getting gratification, which is something that I've needed in my life from people, but knowing that in a teaching mentoring role, that it's not actually about you mm. at all. Not about you. It's about the students or the person in front of you. And, and um, yeah, not for you to be validated by what they say. It's completely the opposite. So that's may not relate to everyone, but for me, that's been a thing that I have to come back to that. Um, of course we need ways of measuring our, what our worth and what we're doing. But um, when we're speaking from our truth and we're authentic um, and then, you know, the people will come, the people that are supposed to be listening to your message and your story will, will come and, and never to forget that, that, you know, we all have so much to share, actually, all of us. So that's definitely the biggest thing is that, and just to keep doing it and it gets easier. It always does. Always, always. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I've just like heard exactly the things I needed to hear right now. Oh. It's such a, a medicine for me. Like you just articulate yourself in such a clear concise but like so such a potent way yeah i'm so glad thank you i really i appreciate that feedback and again i appreciate the opportunity to be able to share i mean again i i don't know the answers that's kind of my another thing from that last question i don't know all the answers none of us know all the answers all we can do is speak from our personal experience mm -hmm. and that is what will resonate with the people that need to hear it and that's kind of it that's really it's as simple and as profound as that it can be but not to try and pretend that you're anything that you're not or to speak above beyond our, our knowledge, but to be like, I'm so glad that if what I can say can help someone that it's enough. Mm.
Yeah. So um, how can people connect to you and to the art and to the retreats and everything else that you're doing? Hmm. Well, social media these days, many ways we can stay in touch, which is, which is a gift, a huge gift. So my full name, Lara Zilobovitz, it's a long one, but um, on Instagram. And, and then I have recently started a little art page, just like a little exhibition space just for all the art, um, which is Art of Being, which is a way to kind of integrate, I guess, all those worlds. And then same on Facebook, my, just my full name. And then, of course, very open to emails anytime, all the time. Um, and then retreats, back to roots retreats, email, website, um, of course, Instagram, social media as well. Very, very, everyone's invited <laughs> to all of it. And, and I do, I travel a lot at the moment. So in most of the cities around Oz and, and then around the world. So yeah, would love to meet you, whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. And you also have like online classes too, through a different website, oh, right? That you can... Yeah, totally. There's some online classes on my website. Yep. Under, I think it's its own little section. There's some collaboration with ABC live classical music and me guiding yoga and then some live classes. Uh, sorry, some class I filmed when I was in Sweden, actually with a Swedish platform, um, which you can practice for free. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, again, I'm just, yeah, so grateful that you agreed to do this conversation and I'm really excited to put it out there. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Chloe. I really, again, I really appreciate just the contact and, and the invitation to, to, to speak on it and to speak with someone that's also doing amazing work out in the world. So huge props to you and all that you share and and all that you stand for as well. So Mm. a lot of, a lot of kindred feeling in the connection. So grateful for that. Yeah, I'd love to spend more time with you. I feel like we will. We'll weave back. I feel like we will. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. 